waste another life. Because God knows what he's doing. He's got, he knows every point of view that is available to us. So when somebody tell you it can't be done, like, oh, God, there must be another way. You all start dancing when they say it can't be done that way. You all say, whoo, God must got another way to do it then. Because God is always going to be the Lord of lords and the King of kings, no matter what goes on in your life. He always going to be the one that knows everything, and everybody else going to be like, hey, how did they do that? You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Today, as we set aside and we're honoring our grandparents, whether they're grandma, granddaddy, big mama, nana, papa, or such like, we appreciate your love, your support, your wisdom, your courage, and determination. Your press and desire to want to see us do better and have better does not go unnoticed, and for that we say thank you. Psalms 37 25, I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. In life, I've learned the most important, or excuse me, the most people see life's situations from their point of view. We tend to draw conclusions based on what we see and what we observe. In other words, we have our own personal perspective. And when it comes to the word perspective, there's um, several definitions and connotations that provide insight on the meaning of the word perspective. Perspective can be defined as a particular attitude and way of thinking regarding something or someone. Perspective is synonymous with words like and phrases like point of view, attitude, frame of mind, conviction, and opinion. And see, my perspective is my way of looking at something. My experiences, my relationships, and my age in life can impact my views and my beliefs in life. It is my opinion and my feeling toward that person, that idea, or that situation. It may not be yours, but it's mine. And as a human, my perspective might be positive and optimistic, or my perspective may be pessimistic and negative, depending on the situation and what I believe about this particular matter. Frame of mind can be defined as having to do with one's mindset, one's attitude, and one's emotions. In other words, what is my mindset after observing or interacting with a person? Just like my emotions, my mindset can influence or have an effect or control over my life that can either help or hinder me or cause me to move forward or it can hinder me from doing what God has called for me to do. Regardless of my age or stage in life, my mindset can impact my mental health, physical health, emotional well-being, and most importantly, my spiritual walk with Christ. And see, my mindset is my attitude, my demeanor, my thought process on how I interpret and make sense of the world around me. You know, I was thinking about this, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But I, I got to have that mindset, though. Because you can be walking in greatness, but you can act like God's not greater than what's going on around you. 
you know, sickness can come up, but you got to understand God is greater. You can have a need come up, but you got to know that God going to supply the need. It's your mindset. I've noticed that my perspective and mindset tend to change with my age, my experiences, and my knowledge and understanding of God's written and revealed word. I've noticed the older I get, the more I can say, hey, God going to take care of that. You know, when you're younger, you tend, well, I used to anyway. I used to panic a lot quicker than I do now. You know, when I was younger, boy, I would panic. Boy, 30s, I would panic quick, boy. 40s, I don't, I don't panic quite as quick. 50s, uh, we ain't in no hurry. 60s, oh, no, you know I'm going to look at you funny now. <laughs> you follow me now? So what? Our perspective has changed. You know, somebody comes to you, oh, 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 what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to say? We older, calm down. It ain't that bad as what you think it is. Because why? You haven't seen it before. It's just a different person, different color dress, different color shoes, and so forth. Same situation, but different characters. I have to constantly ask myself, does my frame of mind, my mindset, align with God's written and revealed word? Let's go to the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Does my frame of mind, does my mindset align with God's word? So Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 says this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mind, allow his mind to be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. But we got to allow it because God would not force his way of thinking on us. He won't force it. He'll say, listen, either you choose to do it or you choose not to do it. But, you know, God's way is always going to be the best way. Always going to be the best way. Yeah, I know you got a good idea, but God's idea is always going to be superior. I'm going to choose to allow the thinking, talking, and character to be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. But I must realize it's a daily choice I must make. I have to stay in his word so that I can cherish or protect and hold dear his thoughts and his way of doing things. I find his way of doing things in the word of God. One reason that he has, one reason is because he has the best viewpoint of every situation. He knows my beginning, he knows my ending, and he knows every point in between. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. He knows how to start me off, he knows how to end me, and he knows every step in between. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I want God to start me off in the beginning and end me up, but he got to order my steps in between. And thank God he knows how to order our steps. Woo! Boy, I appreciate that so much. Now, he knows my beginning and my end, ending. And why is that so important? Because as a human, while I have the power to choose, I'm limited in the amount of information that I have related to my choices. Yet I serve a God who's unlimited, all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. See, when we, we have to make choices in life, we need to understand that we only have limited information. We only know so much. So th therefore, we need to acknowledge him in all our ways, and he will direct our path. It would be foolish for me to think I have all the information. 
And even people who humans can only give you so much. They say you only got this much time left. What is God? Did God say only have this much time left? Did God say only got this much time left? Did God say that it can only be done one way? Because some people tell you it can only be done one way. It can't be done no other way. And then God will say, no, I tell you what, you go fishing. And when you go fishing, the first fish you catch, you take the money out of the fish, go pay your taxes and my taxes. I tell you what, it's another way to do it, ain't it? Because I don't know about you, but I've been fishing a number of times. I never caught a fish and got money out of his mouth because I'd be fishing every day if that was the case. <laughs> it's always another way because God knows what he's doing. Y'all. He's got, he knows every point of view that is available to us. So when somebody tell you it can't be done, you're like, oh, God, there must be another way. You all start dancing when they say it can't be done that way. You all say, whoo, God must got another way to do it then. Because God is always going to be the Lord of lords and the king of kings no matter what goes on in your life. He always going to be the one that knows everything. And everybody else going to be like, hey, how did they do that? God, how did they know this? God, listen, you go into a situation you may not even know all the terminology that's put out there. But God will give you a question to ask. Just one question to ask. And they're like, how did he know that? God. Because he's going he to lead and guide us into all truth. And thank God he knows all truth. Not some truth, but all truth. And as I allow my mind to be in him, it changes my thinking and the thinking and perspective of someone who has, un- from someone who has limited information to somebody who has unlimited information. For example, the Lord would say, love when the person is not lovable. You know, God is the only one that knows how to love unlovable people. Thank y'all for way, man's right there. You ain't live long enough. You found somebody say, God say, love them. But they unlovable, God. But their attitude is not right. They got that nasty attitude. But God say, love them. And you're like, how do you love somebody like that? Let me show you. And then you know what first person he's going to show you is you. While you was yet doing your things, God, God loved you. And if God can love you, you can love somebody else. Mm. And the Lord will also say, forgive when the person has hurt me, betrayed me, and mistreated me. So I need to learn how to forgive. Why? Because Jesus forgave me. And he'll show me how to forgive. Because I may not know how to forgive others because I, I'm mad. I'm angry. They did me wrong. So God is saying, no, I need to teach you how to forgive. So God teaches me how to forgive. The Lord may say, give. When I need to hold, when I feel like I need to hold on to everything. But the widow woman reminded me, hey, listen, give, give your best right him. And I promise you, God will make a way that you have enough to last a lifetime. If you'll do it the way I tell you to do it. And then the Lord may say, pray when I want to give up or give in. When he says, men ought to always pray and not to lose heart. So I got to pray even when I don't feel like praying. Why? Because that's what God told me to do. How do I do it? He teaches me how to pray. And I'm always, we always, I got to stay before him because I got to learn how to do it his way. His way is going to be the best way. The best way, the best way, the best place to be is in the perfect will of God. 
that's the best place to be at. Now, the Lord's thoughts and views come from his perspective because he is the creator. Whereas our thoughts, our views, and the way we see things, amen, comes from our personal way of doing things. Now, the creator of something or someone always knows more than the creation. Because the creator knows the purpose, the plan, and the environment that will make the creation successful. That's why Jesus said this, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart. Why? Because God knows the best way for us. He knows the best way. He said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. But we're just doing what we do. If we do it our way, we might mess that up. We have to do it the way he wants it done. So perspective, my thoughts, my mindset is important that it can help or hinder me from advancing, making progress, and receiving God's best for my life and my children's life as well as my grandchildren and beyond. Many grandchildren, many grandparents, I should say, may have said or have heard it's not as important as what others see about you as how you see yourself. I like that when they said, you know, I remember my great-grandma used to tell me, hey, listen, don't worry about what other people think. You take care of your own business. So I'll come back. Some of y'all might remember stuff like that. I have to see myself as blessed, favored, healthy, wise, and so forth. I got to see myself like that. Even if others don't see me like that. I have to see myself as someone who is moving forward in life despite my past situations. I have to see myself as someone who will keep moving forward and getting closer to Jesus until I am with him eternally. I have to see myself as meditating, speaking, and declaring God's word throughout the day and using his word to deal with life. I have to see myself with the mindset of Christ. I have to see myself meditating on his word daily and night. Meditate in the morning. Meditate during the day. Meditate at night. Meditate on his word day and night. I got to see myself doing that. Otherwise, I may allow what others think about me influence the way I behave. Oh, I was listening to my bishop. I got to give him credit for this. I was listening to my bishop the other day, and he was talking about uh, how that back in a certain time, back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, how that certain people saw us a certain different way. And I said, you know what, that is so, so true. And if you're not careful, you will fall into that frame of mind that you are at the way that other people see you. Instead of seeing yourself the way Christ sees you. See, if Christ sees you as the head and not the tail, don't be going down there to the tail talking about I'm a tail. Mm. If God says that you're above only and not beneath, don't go down there for being up but down there and beneath. Because why? That's how Christ sees you. That's the most important aspect of where you are in life. I got to see myself the way God sees me. I got to see myself the way he, he has declared over my life through his word and how he has sees me in the word of God. Because I can't allow what other people think about me to define me. In the Old Testament, where Joshua sent the spies into the land to spy out the land in the book of Numbers, 10 of the spies had an interesting report to bring back. They had an interesting report. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 31 and verse 32. The book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 31 and verse 32. Or turn your phones, whatever you got. Amen. 
your device to cherish the word of God in your life. Numbers 13, verse 31, and verse 32. Numbers 13, verse 31, and verse 32. But when, excuse me, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, verse 33. The descendants of Anak came upon the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. See, Joshua had commissioned 12 spies to go out into the land that the Lord had promised them. Now, this is a land that the Lord had promised him. Not me, not Joshua, not Moses, but the Lord had promised. So you know that the, if the Lord promised you something, it's yours. You might as well get the title deed. You might as well get the uh, council, the surveyor, whatever it is, it is yours. But 10 of the spies brought back a report that was not favorable. Now, those, their perspective, their mindset, their point of view, Numbers 13, 33, then there we saw. They observed and perceived giants. Giants. What are giants? the descendants of Anak from the other giants. And we were like grasshoppers. And let me say this to you. What they saw was real. What they saw was real. I'm talking about these were big old, a big statue of individuals who were in the land. They were so big that the Bible says, and a different part of that, that the grapes that were in the land, two people had to carry the grapes. One on one side and one on the other side, and the grapes in the middle, and they had to carry that around. Why did they have such big grapes like that? It had to sustain the people that were in the land. So imagine when they saw these giants, they were a little bit intimidated. And I'll be honest with you, I've seen some big people in my day and had to catch myself. Because I was a little bit intimidated, especially when they started growling at me. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on now. Hey, I, I come in peace, not in war. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, I'm a fighter, not a lover, brother. Y'all follow me now? <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. Hey, baby. Anyway, we were like grasshoppers. But he saw themselves as grasshoppers, naive and inexperienced in our own sight. Not the sight of the individuals in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. They perceived themselves as grasshoppers, as naive and inexperienced. Rather than rejoicing and praising God for the blessing, the increase, and the better, their mindset begins to uh, influence their frame of mind to see themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight. In other words, their perspective of after spying out the land was, they were like grasshoppers. Figuratively speaking, they were naive in experience and lacked wisdom in their own sight. And they projected that same mindset, on, or they tried to, 
on to the children of Israel. They wanted to project that same mindset, a grasshopper. See myself as a grasshopper. You know, one thing I don't allow other people to do is to speak from them. And I don't allow people to say, hey, you know what? All, everybody feel like that. Oh, really? Have you asked me how I feel about this situation? And this is what these individuals say, hey, we were like grasshoppers. This is our perspective, and we want you to think like us. Oh, the devil is a liar. If God says, I am blessed, I am blessed. If God says, I'm, I'm better, better is here, better is coming, that's the way it is. I just don't receive everything everybody throws my way. Hey, I used to, but I said, no, not anymore. Hey, if God says I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better. If God says I'm going to be healed, I'm going to be healed. If God says that you're going to get the victory, I'm going to get the victory. I don't know how I'm going to get it. I don't know where I'm, what, how, how exactly how I am going to get it, but I know God got a plan for me. A good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. If, if, if it take me long to get my victory, then you, if I'm like the widow woman, it take me 12 years to keep, keep going forward, keep going back, and keep going back. I'm going to keep going back until I get the victory. I'm not going to let one defeat stop me from getting God what God has for me. And see, sometimes people let one defeat, oh, they told me no. So, go somebody else. They ain't got the final say so. You wanted to get the house, you wanted to get the car, you wanted to get the land, and somebody told you no. Hey, there are more lenders out there. There are more people out there. And they will do you right if you follow his plan. If God told you to do something, he put it in your spirit to go get it, go get it. I don't know how you're going to get it, but go get it. The more you keep going forward, the closer you're going to get to it. The more you keep moving forward, the closer you're going to get to it. Now, sometimes our emotion can have us thinking less of ourselves based on what we see. We can see some of life problems as giants as well. Giant mental battles that can be heavy on us mentally, spiritually, emotionally, which can result in physical complications. Listen, I'm sure that a few grandparents can relate to having giants in life that seem bigger than life at the time. The giants were real. The spies were real. And the, our situations can, oh, is real to us. One thing I knew is about this, when they came back, the giants were real. They, they were not somebody that was a figment of their imagination. These were some big people out there. But Two of the spies says, oh, we more than able to do this. See, what's your mindset? What's your mindset? Are you going to be like the 10 and say, you know what, we can't do this, that, and the other? Or are you going to be like the ones that say, hey, we're more than able. We are more than able. Why? Because God with us. What is your perspective? Because sometimes you can see a bill. Is God able or not able? The doctor can tell you something. Is he able or not able? When people can come at you and say, hey, you know, you'll never do this, that, and the other. Oh, God is still able, ain't he? Is he not still doing exceedingly, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that's working in us? Oh, I, 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 I. whose report do I believe? Whose report do I believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. But you got to stay in the word, though. 
you got to stay in the word because the word will give you the direction. It gives you the guidance. It'll show you what to do. Remember we talked about earlier, those steps that God will, excuse me, as you meditate on his word day and night, it'll give you the steps you need in order to accomplish what he put in your heart. Did he say, did he not say, I will give you the desires of your heart? Yes, he's still doing that today. He's still doing that today. And I got to ask myself the question, is it important for me to see myself as God sees me or see myself like others perceive me? I got to see myself like God sees me. Now, it's not my responsibility to be over-concerned about others, how others see me. Why do we get so concerned about what others think about us? Why do we lose sleep of what they, they, they can talk about you? They can put your picture up there on Facebook. Your picture on Facebook. You, I still go to sleep every day after they put my picture on there. Because that don't faze me. That's not me. I know truth about me. I, <laughs> it's not my responsibility. What other people think about me. They can think what they want to think. That's their point of view. You allowed your point of view. You allowed your perspective. I just choose to believe what God says about me. I choose to believe that. Does God see himself in me? Does, he, does, does his word come forth from my mouth? Does he see me meditating and pondering more on his word or more on my situation and my circumstance? Whenever God, wherever God takes me, wherever God tells, tells me to go, wherever he, he sends me, I need to make sure that my mindset aligns with his mind. If I go to school, I need to make sure my mindset aligns with his mind. If I go to work or, or to my business, I need to find his perspective and not my own perspective. I, if I want to go to church, I need to have his point of view because I need to follow and experience God's best for my life. Regardless if, I, if I'm experiencing life in my younger years, my mid-years, or my senior years, I need, to I need to consistently know Jesus, his character, his faithfulness, and his promises. Now, let's look back at Psalms 37, verse 25. I have been young, and now am old. Yet! Seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. David shared his perspective of what he saw in Psalms 37. It can be concluded that life had taught David many lessons along the way. And many of us, life has taught us lessons along the way. Whew, I mean, we learned some lessons. We didn't even sign up for the class. But we was in the middle of that class right there. I said, when I sign up for this suffering class right here, I need to drop this class right here. Woo, when I sign up for all this suffering, I love, when I sign up for lack of this, that, and the other, when I sign up for this, I need to drop this class right here. But God wouldn't, wouldn't let me drop the class. I brought the, I brought the drop ass slip <laughs> and, and told him I don't want to take this class no more because this class is too hard for me. I'm going through too much right here. I'm like, I need to get back to Easy Street. I need to take Easy Street. And I still ain't found the Easy Street class yet. I've been going from classroom to classroom. Still ain't found it yet. Hallelujah. Woo. 
but we look at life differently now. You look at different when you're 18 as opposed to when you're 30. You look at things differently when you're 30 and you're 40. You look at things different when you're 40 to you're 50. Things different when you're 50 to you're 60. I ain't past 60 yet, but you look, I'm sure you look at things different when you're 70, when you're 80, <laughs> when you're 90. My grandmother be looking at things old differently, boy. She's 97, boy. I'm talking about her mama right here. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. See, it, things are different. We see things differently. But we see it from our perspective. Our perspective, our point of view, our frame of mind, our way of looking at it. That's why it's important that we are Christ-minded, regardless of our age. That we are, we know who Jesus is, as well as his power uh, and the power of his written and revealed word. David wrote this from his point of view and his life experiences. David recognized the faithfulness and the goodness of God at a young age, as well as an older person. In other words, we want to be believers that regardless of our age, we see that God is faithful. He's just, he's merciful, he's sovereign, he's a miracle worker and a promise keeper. The first part of Psalms 37 and 25, I have been young. I've been a youth and a boy. He reflected on when he was young, when he was a youth, a boy, a young lad. We see in scriptures that David had a number of different experiences with God along the way. But I want to look at one in particular. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17 and 42. 1 Samuel 17 and 42. When David was a youth, a lad, a young boy, he had a number of different experiences along the way. And he shared them. Or I can imagine that he, he, uh, which one I'm looking for here? He reflected upon his life when he wrote this particular verse. He wrote that. I want to know 1 Samuel 17, 42. This is one experience that he it remembered when he was a youth. And how do you know it was a youth? Well, 1 Samuel 17 and 42 says this. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained them. For he was only a youth, ruddy, and good-looking. You know, I would tell you when you're young, you're good-looking, good right? When you get older, you're handsome. <laughs> hallelujah. We got some handsome folks in here, hallelujah. And good-looking, too. Ah, glory be to God. Notice how the Philistines described David when Philistines described David when he saw him. People can look at us and have an opinion about us and not really know anything about us. Thank y'all from the four way man's right there. They can look at you and they think they know something about you. By looking at the outside of you, but don't really know the inside of you. The Philistine, this particular Philistine was Goliath. This was Goliath that we we're gonna look at just briefly here. He saw David. He said, this, he, he, he's young. He's ruddy or red. He's red. His, his body was red. 
but he's also good looking or handsome. It's likely based on this description, he did not consider David a father. You know how it is. You look good, don't think you can fight. Some of y'all have fooled folks over the years, haven't you? Because some of y'all look good, but y'all can fight too at the same time. <laughs> hey, I ain't going to tell nobody who you are. I ain't going to tell nobody who you are. David knew something about the Philistine that the Philistine didn't know. He knew something. Hey, <laughs> David knew something. I'm proving to you. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, 48 through 51. 1 Samuel 17, 48 through 51. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, and David heard and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone, and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Yeah, you think he looked good now. Verse 15. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Boy, David was ruthless. How you know, Pastor Dobbs? Verse 50. Therefore, David, 51. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him, him and cut off his head with his own sword. David wasn't playing, was he? David was not playing. You know what he did? He grabbed his head and ran around with it. <laughs> David did not play. He did not play. But this is just an example of David's greatness. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. When I went thought the, this Goliath, who some scholars say he was approximately nine to ten feet tall. He was huge. Big, big man. Had beat up everybody. Everybody. He was 82 and 0 in his one-on-one -on -one hand, hand battle. But he ran, he got the right one that day. But when the Lord is with you, though, I don't care who coming against you. You can get the, listen, they can bring the whole army against you. But when God is on your side, you can say greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I know the debt is big, but God is greater. I know that what they say going on in your body is real, but God is greater. What's going on with you mentally is real, but God is greater. He's great God, and he's greatly to be Let's look at the older David, the older David. Now, let me say the older David, he's, more, he's older than what he was then, more mature, more mature. We don't know how much older, but 1 Samuel 23, 1 Samuel 23, we're going to be looking at verse 26 through 29. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 26 through 29. Then Saul went on one side, on one, excuse me, on one side of the mountain, and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. So David made haste to get away from Saul, for Saul and his men were encircling David and his men to take them. But the messenger came to Saul, saying, "Hurry and come, for the Philistines have invaded the land." Therefore, 
Saul returned from pursuing David and went against the Philistines. So they called that place the Rock of Escape. Then David went up from there and dwelt in strongholds at En Gadai. In other words, David escaped from Saul's pursuit. That's another example of David's when he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I know you got your own personal testimony, your own thing. You can, you can look, at, you think about your life. Oh, yeah. I look back at my life. God got me out of a lot of stuff. No, it's not some stuff. A lot of stuff. Don't be running around here telling, well, you know what? I don't know anything God done for me. You know God done something for you. Some of you, where you drive, you know God's on your side. Thank y'all for the eight and a half amens right there. You know the way that you carry yourself sometimes? You know God is with you. You know sometimes the way that you do things? You know God is with you. You know God had to protect me right there. God had to be with me when I was at that school. God had to be with me when I was in that store. When all that stuff broke out, I remember a uh, real quick testimony. My daughter and I, we was going to go to the movies up at the mall in Douglasville. And, and we are the type of people that when it's a long line, neither one of us are that good at standing in line. Now, my wife would have been, she went, oh, we can wait. But me and her like, Psh. In line too long. It's taking too long. We finna go and come back another day. So we got something to eat and left. Well, late on that afternoon, I don't know if it's true or not, they said there were gunshots in that very mall. I said, well, Lord, you protected me from me. I mean, honestly, I didn't feel no unction. I didn't feel no da-da-da-da-bo-chanda. I just said, hey, you can leave. Get some food, go on back home. But what was God doing? He was protecting me. Because if there were no gunshots, I know people were running. Look how y'all looking at me. Y'all know how it is. I can do this right now. Five or six, y'all were like, what are you looking at? <laughs> like, what, what? You see somebody coming through the door or something? What, what, what? I just started running before folks started running. We were actually at the ball game the other night. And, uh, and, and while we were talking, folks started running down this little um, corridor area here. They run like, what the what? I'm looking too now, like, okay, now because something break off of him. <laughs> but you know what God done? He was protecting me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. So not only did, was he doing it in David's day, he's doing it today. Not only did he do it in day to day, I'm sure many of you in this room can testify to the fact, hey, this scripture's real. Not only was it real for David, it's real for me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. Now, I want to go back to and close this out. Back to Romans, excuse me, Psalms 37. And 25. Psalms 37, 6. I have been young and now am old. Yet 
I have not seen the righteous forsaken. What's the word forsaken in there? It means deserted. Deserted. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants begging or seeking and asking over and over again for bread. You know what God's saying there? I will supply every one of your needs according to the riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But not only is he going to bless me, he's going to bless my descendants. And as grandparents, you ought to be happy about that. Because you know God's going to take care of not only you, but he's going to take care of your descendants. I saw David, David, listen, sometimes David's family was blessed because of David. It wasn't because they were all great. It was because of David's, what he done. And when you are righteous before God, when you are right standing, doing what have given your life and submitted to Jesus, you can have a blessing not only for you, but for your children's children. The Bible says a good man leaving inheritance to his children's children. What better way than to leave them the word of God? What better way than leave them the scriptures? What better way to make sure that they have an understanding of the word of God? Making sure they're not just coming to church, but they got the church in them. They got to have a relationship with Jesus. Because you can't be with them 24 hours a day and seven days a week. But I know who can. You know, one thing I was thinking about this when I was looking at this particular message and thinking about meditating upon it was this. Many times, David was limited in what he knows. So how did he know? that the righteous, even the ones he did see, were not forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Because we only get such limited information. Limited information. And I'm saying, God, how did David know? How could David know that uh, you would do what you said in your word, or you did according to your, what you said in your word? One reason I believe he is, is because he let David know, hey, I never let the righteous be forsaken or his seed begging bread. You, you see the surface, but I know every detail. I know everything I did, I do for the righteous people. I know everything I do for those who are in right standing with me. Yeah, they can say they, they ain't taken care of, but I know I took care of them. Because his word would not return back to him void. It will accomplish everything he sent it out to do. God revealed to David. I See, David couldn't write nothing like this unless God sent it to him, gave it to him. You know, David, how in the world could David write this unless God had revealed to him, hey, the righteous have not been forsaken. No, his seed begging bread. See, David couldn't write this because he only knew so much. But God knew every situation. God is an all-knowing God. He knows everything about all of us. He knows if you've been forsaken or not. He knows if, you, if you'll see it. He knows. How in the world do you think David could write that? David was only limited. Because, see, David had to go back and do what he was doing. Remember, David was being chased. David was doing this, that, and the other. But how did he know about the righteous people in the world? God had to reveal it to him. He had to reveal it to him. Remember, 
flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. When you know, when you know God like that, when you know his word and you know his promises and you have a relationship with him. See, sometimes when we as parents and grandparents and so forth, sometimes you got to trust God with your children. Because you can't watch them 24 hours a day and seven days a week. But one thing you can do is pray to the one who can watch them. You can talk to the one who can watch them. You can be with the one who can watch over him. Because sometimes... Hallelujah. Sometimes I just look out the window when my children go catch the bus. I say, well, God, I can't be with them, but you can sure watch over them. Will you watch over my child as they catch the bus? Will you watch over my child at daycare? Will you watch over my child in elementary school? Will you watch over my child in middle school? Will you watch over my child in high school? Will you watch over my child as they go to college? Will you watch over my child as they go on their career? Will you watch over my child when they go on vacation? Go to the mall. Go to the store. Go wherever they go. Will you watch over them? You ask God to do something like that. You're getting God. You're giving God permission to get involved with your child. Because that's what prayer is. Prayer is asking God to get involved. And so when you look at it from David's perspective, when you look at it from my perspective, when you look at it from your perspective, we all should be like David. I've never seen forsaken or his seed begging bread amen i'm done we pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message we'd love to hear from you please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occbr.org that's occbr.org we would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occbr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.